heroes are an inspiring group of people. Every one of them, from the larger-than-life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen to the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell. The doctor saving lives at your local hospital. The war veteran down the street who risked his lives for our freedom. The police officers and firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling. But there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur. The creator. The producer. The ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what? I can fix that. I can help people. And I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world. Others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks of the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence. So you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to The Hero Show. My name is Richard Matthews. I am live on the line today with Chris Mead. Chris, are you there? Yes, I am. How's it going? Thanks for having awesome. me. Awesome. So glad to have you here, Chris. So Chris has got a really cool story. I wanna, I'm looking forward to sharing with us and actually learning about it a little bit myself. But Chris, ha Chris has a bachelor's in film and video and interactive media from uh, Quinnipiac University. Um, and so you had your own film and photography company. And um, in 2017, you started a brand new sport called CrossNet, the world's first four-way volleyball game. Um, and you're now being sold in over a dozen retailers and Walmart, Target, um, Academy, Gopher Sports, Black House, a few others. Really look forward to hearing about that story. But before we get too far into it, what is it that you, Chris, are known for? What is it that you bring to the market? Um, why do people uh, um, to buy your stuff? Yeah, we, uh, 2017, we, uh, my brother and our childhood best friend were sitting on the couch one night and we... We're like, let's design a product. Let's make something. Let's invent something. Let's be entrepreneurs. And uh, we, we invented a four-way volleyball net. We were watching ESPN highlights all night long and found that nobody was, nobody was selling a four-way volleyball net. And it was kind of a crazy idea. Next day, we rigged up the net in our backyard. We made it. And here we are two years later selling in the biggest stores in the world. <laughs> that's insane so tell me how how does that how did, how did you get your start in as, as an entrepreneur right was this the first time you had an entrepreneurial like story I and mean, we, we talk on this all the time every hero has their origin story we started to realize that you were different that maybe you had superpowers and maybe you could use them to help other people where did you sort of start to develop and discover the value that you can bring to the world yeah uh when i so i went to school at quinnipiac with a film degree and film was just a big passion of mine, film and photography, trying to just make beautiful content all the time. Taking pictures when I go on a walk with my girlfriend, oh, I see the lighting here looks cool, making those little stops. And I turned my film passion into a business. I was doing weddings, photogra uh, principal photography, uh, real estate, all these different types of projects, uh, which have really helped me with my second business, CrossNet, to take beautiful photos all the time and not have to pay somebody else to do it. Awesome. So you, uh, you got started in the uh, photography business. I actually had something similar. I, I started uh, as a, uh, my first, well, more like my second or third business. Um, Cause my other ones were like when I was a kid and uh, I started a few businesses that didn't, uh, didn't end well. Um, but the, uh, I, I paid my way through college as a photographer doing wedding photography and other things. And I discovered, oh, I don't know, about a year and a half into that, that it wasn't as fun as a profession as it was as a hobby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, 
Yeah, yeah. So it's more fun. It's more fun as a hobby. And, you know, I've got like my fancy camera rigged up here to shoot this show and I've got fancy lights up and everything. So I still like it all. It's just, it's just play stuff for me now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's more fun as a hobby. I'm, I'm, I've like, and that's the only problem with it being a hobby is like, you know, all the fancy gear that you, we want to get as photographers. I'm like, there's this $10,000 lens that I would love to buy, but I have no like financial justification for it. So So you probably feel me on that. Uh, Exactly. Uh, Awesome. So what I want to, the next question I have for you is about your particular superpower. What is it that you think you do or build or offer this world that really helps solve problems for, for people, the things you use to slay the world's villain. One of the things that I've started talking about with people is it's the one thing that you think you are better at than everyone else around you that you really bring to the table um, in your business or your businesses. Yeah, um, I think having a level of just care for my employees. Uh, we're, we're a small company, but we're rapidly growing. And also just being able to give autonomy to, to let people grow. I've learned really recently that if you're not good at something and somebody else brings a skill set to the team, let them flourish. I know that I'm not the best photographer in the world. So we've hired better photographers. I know I'm not a graphic designer. So let's hire graphic designers to flourish and tell me how to help my business grow. So I'm, I've been re- recently really just stepping, stepping back and letting people just show their worth rather than just trying to do everything. Yeah, that's a it's a hard thing for for business owners to get. I know it's uh, one of the biggest struggles I had. Like I, almost probably eleven years in my business, running everything on my own and thinking that I could do it all the best. Yeah. Um, and the moment I sort of let go of everything, which was a little over twelve months ago, my business quadrupled. Exactly. Um, and and we're on track to hit a million dollars this year because of that, exactly. right? That exact yeah, yeah. thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's it's a crazy, it's a scary feeling, but trusting other people that you find on the internet to help you, but there, I mean, I hired somebody yesterday just to help me fulfill orders. I was wasting a lot of my time fulfilling and printing labels. Like we're on track to do $2 million. I shouldn't be wasting my time doing something so small like that. So yeah, I yeah. To kind of outsource things. Yeah. It's trying to figure out what are the things that you are the best at that you can really bring to the company and exactly. only doing those things. Right. Um, when my, my, my newest mantra for everything we build in our company is only do what only you can do. Um, right. And so if, if it's not, if something that someone else can do, you need to hire it out. And then the same thing with your staff, you want to have them working at their highest and best as well. So don't have them doing things that, um, that could be done by automations or could be done by other things. So yeah, it's a, yeah. it's really important it is. to learn. Yeah. It's a learning curve. <laughs> so, so what's the, uh, what's that trajectory been like? You said you went from zero to 2 million in almost like two years. Yeah. How, how does and, that happen? Right. Without imploding. Right. Cause that's actually, this is selfish. I'm looking at my current trajectory and going, Holy crap. If I do this right, I'm going to hit a million dollars this year. And thinking if I make a mistake, I'm going to smash into the ground really hard. <laughs> yeah. It's been, it's been fun. So we invented this four way volleyball net. Uh, we knew we were onto something when we brought it to the beach and set it up. As soon as we set it up, people, just turn their heads, they come over, they talk, they make conversation, because nobody's seen it before. Mm-hmm. It's essentially like an alien on the beach. Everyone's having a good time and they wanna, they wanna know what it is. So my, our quickest thing that we realized was the more nets we get out into the world, the more free marketing, essentially, that people are doing on our behalf. So we, we are getting these clusters of people all over the world while we talk right now, playing our game at the beach, doing, free marketing for us while they're having an absolute blast. So we found that the more nets that get out into the world, 
the more our company just continues to grow. Yeah, so it's it's like uh, like making sure that you, you found the one thing essentially that is is leading to to your growth. Yeah, that right, so, yeah. And a lot of Facebook ads, but yeah. <laughs> I can imagine a lot of Facebook ads for, yeah, and you, it's, it's kind of a nice viral type of ad too, because people have never seen that before. 100%. Right. And you pair that with, we have Olympians playing it. So it's a very high competitive rally that they have on the four-way net. Yeah, nobody has attention anymore for anything, but if you see something you've never seen before, you'll give it three seconds and you might click the link and you might put your email in. And now mm. we got you. So, and we do a really good job of that. That's awesome. So um, on, on that, since it's something that wasn't on the market before, did you guys have to go through and do the patents and trademarks and stuff on it? Yeah. So we have a nice legal team that has taken care of all of that, but the game is fully patented uh, or protected in every single way. So it's really nice. To so know you, guys get, you guys get something like, what, 20 years on the patent that you guys can, can own the market? Exactly. So we'll, we'll welcome competition in 20 years, but who knows where it will be then. Yeah, that'll be, that's really cool. So um, when it comes for, for those of us who have never done that aspect of business, right? I've done some private labeling and worked with companies that have made products and stuff before, but never on the patent side. What were some of the struggles that you ran into with that? Yeah, um, well, fortunately for myself, I wasn't specifically on the patent side. Uh, my partner, Michael, uh, kind of took the reins there, but we, uh, we got the patent all sealed. We, it took, definitely was a, a process getting it all settled in the trademark in, but now that we have the patent, we've gone through all the processes, it's, we're good to go. And it feels good knowing that we're protected. We have our kind of monthly or quarterly calls with like our attorney team just to make sure everything's good. But uh, yeah, it was a stressful process, but we're covered. We have the patent on all of our, uh, all of our packaging. So it's very did you guys Did you guys have to uh, um, wait until you got the patent before you started selling or did you sell before yeah, the patent? We, we waited. We did not want to take a risk. So we waited until we had that patent completely secured before we started selling. Awesome. And so my, the, one of the other things that I know has been really important for companies growing is to sort of grow the vertical market. Um, meaning like if you're in the volleyball space, there's other things that volleyball players buy, right? I don't even know what those things are, but you know, volleyballs and other things. Have you started to expand the product line into other, other things yet? Or are you yeah, still just selling so, the one product? So right now we're selling the one product. We're seeing that we're not only in the volleyball market, but we're also just in the recreational family market. Mm -hmm. uh, we're seeing almost a, a good 50-50 split between your fun uh, athletic volleyball player and also your mom looking mm -hmm. to buy a game for their son or daughter to go out on the beach, their backyard, and have a good time and just get off their cell phones. People need more and more excuses to, to get off the phone that's constantly in their hand. So we're selling it, the product's been going like crazy. It's been nice to focus just on one product and get the most out of that product before mm -hmm. we branch off. But in three weeks time, we're launching our indoor model. So right now we've gotten into over 2,500 schools that are learning, they're using CrossNet to learn volleyball, but uh, the indoor model will allow people to play inside now, which is gonna be amazing. That's awesome. So, so you're still just one product, but you're bringing a second, second model to market. Correct. Um, really shows what you can, uh, what you can do with a, with a single product if you, exactly. if you hit, hit a good curve with it. So next question I have for you is your, your fatal flaw, right? So just like Superman has his kryptonite or Batman's not actually a superhero. He's just really dedicated and has lots of money, right? 
something that you sort of have struggled with as a CEO of a business that you, you, you would either, that you've had to work on and you know, what is that? And I think more importantly, how have you worked on that? So the people who struggle with something similar might learn from you. Yeah. Uh, just to correct, I am the chief revenue officer, not the CEO. I'm just one of the okay. co-founders, but yeah, we all wear a lot of different hats, but essentially one thing that we've had to struggle with and a lot of entrepreneurs will learn is patience, 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 patience. We're, we're very young. We're 26 years old and it's a completely self-funded company. So there's been times where we could have went out and went to a bank and asked for a loan or gave away 50% of our company for a big loan to get inventory. But we started with less than like 50 nets. And then we sold the 50 nets and we took the money from the 50 nets and we bought a hundred nets. And then we sold the hundred nets and then we bought 250 nets. It was like running a lemonade stand essentially when we were just really yeah. starting out. And then we've turned the lemonade stand into a Starbucks and uh, we're buying 7,500, 10,000 nets at a time. Which is knowing that if you have a good product and you, you had that camaraderie with like your teammates, you'll be able to, to build a business. It just takes a lot of time. And just having the mindset, it, it, was, it was tough. It was really tough. There's a lot of times like, I'm not getting paid yet. We're, yeah. we're a year and a half in, like I need to get a paycheck. So finding ways to survive where it's been interesting. So, so that's one of the things that, uh, that I always find really interesting. And like when I, was, when I was a younger entrepreneur, I had the thought that anyone could be an entrepreneur and realized that that was an incorrect thought. Um, and my, my more correct thinking is more along the lines of, you know, Disney's Ratatouille, you know, anyone, it's not that anyone can be a chef. It's that a great chef can come from anywhere. Right. Exactly. Um, right. So, and that, so that's sort of one of the things that I've, I've sort of come up with, um, or, you know, had to come to terms with is that we're a different breed of people willing to take risks and work for free, um, and do that kind of stuff. So just out of curiosity, how long have you, you know, how, how have you been surviving, and working for free, growing a company like this, and yeah. when do you actually plan on pulling a paycheck from the exactly. company? Yeah. Well, fortunately, we have actually just started pulling about, I want to say, five months ago. We got to profitability, paid our debt back, which was essentially debt to ourselves. So uh, we all pulled money. We didn't ask for money from anybody but our own pockets and nothing that we couldn't really afford. And then, uh, yeah, like that photography passion, I've grown into a website development passion as well. I'm, I'm the one who created the website for CrossNet. I make all the tweaks, look, review all the analytics. So while we were building the business, I was working, uh, building websites on the side. So one website, my rent's paid. Another website, got two months of rent stashed away. So here we are, and we're finally paying ourselves, and we have no debt, and we own 100% of our company. So like- that is, That's added. really cool having that patience and just being able to like to survive till we got to this point. Yeah. So, yeah. Not, not a lot of people have that kind of uh, intestinal fortitude to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good on you guys for, for making that a, making that a reality. I think, uh, um, you know, the, the whole, the whole purpose of this show is that uh, entrepreneurs make the world a better place. Right. So like, like legitimately it is super cool that you guys have done that and you guys, um, are, are actively working to make the world a better place with your products and your services and, you know, taking the, uh, the sacrifices to do that. So that's, that's really awesome. So my, uh, my next question for you is, 
it's gonna be a little, a little interesting. It's your common enemy, right? And this is the one thing that you fight against with your customers, whether that is, um, you know, the the problems you have to overcome to get them to buy, or the the, the big problem that you're helping them solve. What are some of the things that you know you you struggle with regularly in um, with your clients? Yeah, uh, price. We our product is one hundred and fifty dollars, and it's expensive. Most people, I mean, most of our consumers don't have $150 just laying around to, to shell out for a recreational game. So we see a lot of our competitors in the outdoor games or beach market, $20, $50, $60 tops. So mm -hmm. we have this big jump from 60 to 150 which is a very difficult pain point of ours, but uh, volleyball nets cost a lot of money. Most people buy a, one volleyball net and they might not even remember buying that volleyball net because they've had it for so long. So, yeah. or it's at an institution, right? You roll up to the beach and the volleyball net's there. Nobody's really thinking about how much did it cost that beach or park to put that volleyball net in. So when they're actually buying it, um, yeah, it's a, it's a big selling point and it definitely hurts with our conversion having that price point. But we are also a premium product. We might not be for everybody. Uh, we're for people who really love volleyball or want to learn how to play volleyball or just looking for an awesome time with their friends and they can set up the net in five minutes. So definitely some pain points come from selling a $150 product, but we've learned a lot too. So how do you, how do you overcome that price objection for the people who do buy? Cause obviously you've sold $2 million worth of them. So, <laughs> so you've got something going right. Yeah. So how, how has it been a marketing message or what, what, what has been your, your solution to help overcome that price objection? Yeah, I think uh, so one, when we are designing the product, uh, we made sure that it was adjustable for height. So it's height adjustable for men, women, and children. So you can literally just remove a pole. So you set it up, there's poles on each side. Mm -hmm. If you want pole height, adult, men's height, you use all the poles. You want women's height, you use four poles. You want children's height, you use three poles. So it's really easy just to pull the poles out and you set it up as you go. So having the flexibility when somebody purchases, oh, it's also not only for, for me, but it's also for my kids. And so that's a justification right there. We have really fun, enjoyable ads that we run that show how much fun it actually is. So there's kind of that FOMO of I'm missing out on the beach and yeah. well, my girlfriend's tanning for 10 hours. I could be having a blast with my friends, but now I'm on this towel board. So we definitely sell to that who would be myself personally. And then yeah. we also have sold to physical education teachers. Um, Historically, I don't know if you remember playing volleyball in elementary school, but I just remember playing like six on six or seven on seven and just never getting the ball. I was yeah. so bored just standing there waiting for the ball to come. I and remember now kids are playing on our cross net and they're getting spiked at and they're returning, but they're actually working on their skills. And now everyone's having fun and the kids can't wait till it's cross net day in gym class, which is just a very rewarding feeling as an entrepreneur, knowing <laughs> that people are playing cross net right now in Alaska, like it's just wild. Yeah, that's really awesome, and um, I really like the uh, the take on the the FOMO, right? You know, the fear of missing out, and like I've seen some of your ads, and you can you can, you know, it, it's it's fun to have a product that is like ideally situated on a beach, which is where everyone wishes they were anyways, right? Exactly. So you just have like, you have a default of like, if you know, even if they don't live near the beach and they want to get the game, like in their head, you know. It's a beach game and it's I can get close to the beach even if I've got it in my backyard on the grass. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how yeah. I messaged it. Yeah, that's really cool. So 
the other side of that is your driving force, right? So just like Spider-Man fights to save New York or Batman fights to save Gotham or, you know, Google fights to index and categorize all the world's information. What is it that you guys are fighting for at CrossNet? We're fighting for fun, having fun. And just literally all it takes is 10 minutes to have to make your day better. We, I find that time and time again, and our messaging has changed as a company over time. But what it comes to me as one of the founders, CrossNet is the one time where I can put my phone in my backpack and not worry about my emails, not worry about my alerts, not worry about anything besides me and my three friends just having a good time for 10 minutes or maybe two hours. So making the world have more fun and also teaching a skill if you really want to take it from the volleyball standpoint, but we're all about fun. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, one of the uh, the core tenets that we talk about all the time on this show is that uh, a lot of entrepreneurs particularly struggle, I think, with this, the idea that uh, I, I work in order to earn fun, right, in order to earn relaxation um, without realizing that fun and relaxation and stuff like that is actually a foundational piece to actually being productive and getting good work done. Precisely, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, it sounds like you're, you're in the same, the same vein of thinking that, hey, if you want to actually do good work, you need to get out there and get the blood flowing a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. And if you're always permission working, to play. Yeah. If you're, if you're always working on your company, you never have time to have fun. Granted, it's, it is rewarding building your company, but just even 10 minutes, I mean, going out for a jog at night that I look forward to that, you know, like having that fun and relaxation and just enjoyment really yeah, helps yeah. get through the day. That is, uh, that's why we travel with my, uh, my wife and kids, because we're always in cool places doing cool things. My son's currently at an archery class. He's got archery all, all week or all month this month to uh, learn how to shoot a bow and arrow. Super excited about that, because now as far as he's concerned, he's a killer. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> uh, so that's pretty awesome. So I'm going to talk a little bit um, practically. Um, we talk on the section, the hero's tool belt, right? Maybe you got a big magical hammer like Thor or a bulletproof vest like your neighborhood police officer. Or maybe you guys just really love how Evernote helps you organize everything in your business. What are some, some one or two of your, your like tools you couldn't live without in terms of growing a physical product business like this? Yeah, our warehouse. Our warehouse team is amazing. Shout out to my friend Kevin, my childhood best friend actually, who runs our warehouse up in Connecticut where we're from. Uh, if we didn't have this system of orders coming in, orders coming out, organization, we would cripple as a business. We're small, but rapidly growing. And we're getting, we go from two orders a day, to a couple hundred orders a day. And it's a lot of labor. And if we didn't have like a really strong backbone of getting orders out, getting them shipped out, having UPS come in drones every day to pick up shipments, we would fail as a business immediately. So that is definitely our strongest part as a business. I can tell you that. So, so wait, wait maybe I missed that. Did you say UPS sends drones to pick up product? Like just herds of trucks every day. They're just sending so many trucks to come to our warehouse. So it's a really rewarding feeling. But if we didn't have, if we didn't have that, I don't know how we'd survive. Customers are order, ordering now and packages are out the door within 10 minutes. Wow, that's amazing. So how has, how was your, uh, your, your first big Black Friday? I guess second big Black Friday this year. Yeah, well, First big Black Friday, second Black Friday's company. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how did that go for you guys? Did you guys handle it all right? Yeah. Uh, so far, so good. I think almost every order has left the warehouse, to my knowledge. Uh, we're still getting tons of orders, but Black Friday was great. We were on the homepage of Target as one of their doorbusters. So nice. that was incredible getting an email saying, hey, do you want to be a doorbuster? Of course I want to be a doorbuster. So, uh, yes, I'll take 100,000 orders. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, that was great. Yeah, it was a really rewarding feeling. We sold thousands of cross nets and 
just from last year's Black Friday compared to this year's Black Friday. It's just night and day. So, so just real quick question on that. How did you guys gauge the amount of inventory you would need for a big Black Friday sale like this for your first big one? How did that go? How did you guys yeah. sort of make that? And did you do a good job? Yeah. Oh, to my knowledge, we did a good job. I'm, I'm very proud of the team. Uh, we are, we definitely sold more units than we expected, but essentially we had placed, so we had, we manufacture overseas. So we know there's a, a good 30 to 60 day lead time for manufacturing and shipping. Mm -hmm. And there's always hiccups that come up along the way. But effectively we had over 10,000 units in stock at our warehouse. We knew how much we were selling and we just prepared. We, we made sure we had those purchase orders in months in advance. We made sure we had money in the bank months in advance for this situation. Um, we almost like took quarter three off just to plan for quarter four because quarter <laughs> three was uh, like just people yeah. are going back to school. People, are, people aren't outside as much uh, after July. August kind of slowed down a little bit. And then we knew peak season was going to be just a few days ago. So uh, all the work we did to prep for that, all the marketing, all the emails, everything just really helped us make sure we were right where we needed to be. Awesome. So is that, I think it sets you up really well for next year, know exactly what you need to do. Yeah, definitely some learning lessons there. But uh, yeah, we got all the inventory out. We got all the orders that we expected and uh, we had the inventory left, which is great. And we have more another shipment coming actually in a few weeks. So we should be good. So I know the, the, the joke is it's called black Friday because companies are running in the red until they hit that day. And then they're in the black for the rest of the year. Yeah. Were you guys already in the black this year? Or did that put you over the line? No. Yeah. We've been uh, profitable since June. Yeah. So we're, we're, we've been super. So it's all just gravy at this point. Yeah. It's all this <laughs> money coming in and yeah, we, we make sure, I mean, the, definitely the struggle of black Friday has been, uh, our CPA, when you're marketing against all these other companies, your, your cost per conversion is going to go up. It's just kind of mm -hmm. the beast. But uh, yeah, proudly, we, we made profit on every single order that left. So as a business owner, I can't ask for more than that. Yeah, that's really awesome. Yeah. So I'm going to take a little bit of a detour and talk about your own personal heroes, right? Frodo had Gandalf, Luke had Obi-Wan, Robert Kiyosaki had his rich dad. Who were some of your heroes growing up as an uh, entrepreneur? Were they real-life mentors? Were they speakers or authors, peers who were a couple of years ahead of you? Um, and how important were they to what you guys have accomplished so far? Yeah, uh, personal heroes. Honestly, so it, we, the company's founded with myself and my brother, Greg. So honestly, our parents growing up were just meant everything to us it's kind of a cliche answer but they showed how much just attention to detail is really important growing up and caring caring for your employees making them feel happy uh if it wasn't for them to just kind of pave the route for us and motivate us every day to like do better than they did i don't know where we'd be to be honest so our parents were definitely our biggest heroes and our biggest inspiration my mom is just like constantly gloating about CrossNet and sending flyers, handing people flyers. Oh, have you heard about my son's beach game? And it's like, yeah, mom, we're in Target. Like everyone knows about CrossNet, but it's still like a, a surreal feeling. Yeah, yeah. My mom's the same way. She always talks about, about me and my business. And like every, every, you know, even this episode, I guarantee you when it goes up online, she'll be the first person to comment on it because yeah. moms are the best. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I am hoping at some point that my children pick up the ideas that we're talking, you know, we're putting down. So it sounds like you did, right? So hopefully yeah. my kids were at some point, cause you know, at this point, my, uh, my 10 year old still, I feel like his head's not screwed all the way on, but, um, 
<laughs> we'll, hopefully we'll make it through all of that. Um, so let's bring it home for our listeners a little bit and talk about your guiding principles. What are top, um, the top one or two principles or actions that you use regularly today that you think have contributed to the success and the influence of CrossNet? Ones that maybe you wish you had known when you first started out as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, I think being truthful uh, just literally goes a long, long way. Uh, at first, maybe when you're learning, like you're trying to just make the customer happy all the time, but it ends up giving you more issues in the long run. If the product is not gonna get to the customer in two weeks, don't tell them it's gonna get there in three days and then shovel your way up four days after that and try to make up excuses. Just be honest and it's gonna save you a lot of effort. Uh, it's a really a tough pill to swallow sometimes, but just honesty and, and being true goes a long, long way. Cut out a lot of headache in my life in the last year by just being straightforward, saying how I feel, holding my tongue when I need to hold my tongue, but just speaking my truth and, and putting my foot forward when I need to put my foot forward and stepping back when I need other people to kind of lead. Yeah, awesome. And I'm, I'm curious, how has that impacted your reviews on online? Because I know that's a huge portion of business today is, is making sure the reviews are good. So what, is, what, yeah. is, what does it look like for you guys? Yeah, our, our reviews are super positive. If you look on, on our uh, Target, Walmart, or .com, all really, really good reviews. Um, we've learned... Some negative reviews have been like, oh, the product uh, it takes a long time to set up. So you know what? What was the first thing we did? We're making documentation and, and content around how we can get faster setup times. Why can I set it up in four minutes and somebody else takes 20 minutes? Mm -hmm. So learning from the customer has been a huge thing. I want to know what's wrong because I want to fix it. So we get feedback forms out about 14 days after somebody orders, and then we'll check back in about seven days later if it's still we still haven't heard back but i'm constantly looking for improvements our customer service team is going above and beyond like calling directly expediting orders doing whatever we can even if it costs us money just make sure people are getting their their products especially around christmas time yeah that's really awesome and have you guys uh um have, do you guys have a uh, a specific like plan in place that is specifically geared towards driving reviews and higher review rates yeah, so we have a, uh, an app called Bizarre Voice. Shout out, you guys. Um, they <laughs> very pricey tool, but very effective tool. And uh, what they do is they essentially syndicate reviews across all of our online retailers. So when we got into the big box stores and started selling on the Target and the Walmarts of the world, uh, our reviews didn't populate. And you'd see 400, 500 reviews on our website and zero on their website. So there's a yeah. big disconnect there for the customer and we saw a drop off in sales. Oh, we're on these big websites. Why aren't people buying? Oh, it looks like you're, you're nobody. So we bought this reviewer app that syndicates them across all the channels. And now we have the feedback coming out and whenever somebody leaves a, a review on target, it comes to us. Somebody leaves a review on Walmart, it comes to us and it's shared throughout the universe. Yeah, that's really awesome. So, um, and it has that made an impact in, uh, in the way the sales are going on all those platforms? Yeah, I like to think so, yeah. Uh, I certainly have seen an increase in conversion. Uh, if you look at the month over month data, you can see that our conversion rate is rapidly increasing. And uh, yeah, I mean, our company's also rapidly increasing and our brand name and our brand strength is always growing as well. But yeah, we've seen everything just kind of level up month over month. So one of the things I was learning recently from a, uh, a friend of mine who works with, uh, with um, Inc. 500 or Inc. 5000 companies um, and fastest growing companies is one of the things that they all have in common is they, they have 
one number that they check that is like the heartbeat for their business. And they know that number inside and out and whatever that number goes up or down, it's, it, gives, it gives them the uh, indication of what they should do. Do you guys, have you figured out what that number is yet? Yeah, and how's well, it doing for you? I'm like, my number one is conversion. A hundred percent, every time I open my phone, what is our conversion rate for the day? And that will let me gauge if we're targeting the right customers or if we're targeting the wrong customers. And also how much money am I taking home at the end of the day? So I can be very predictive about my business. If I know we're getting 5,000 site visitors today and my conversion rate's at 3%, I know how much money I'm exactly making and how much our business is making. So, so when, it, when, you're, when you talk about conversion rate, you're talking visitors to your webpage who turn into sales. So you, are you tracking that same conversion rate on like your Amazon page, your Walmart page, your Target page, or are you looking at that just on your, your page? So our .com is where we make the most money. So I'm primarily the most concerned about our .com. But yeah, we're also looking at the Amazons and the Walmarts and what can we do listing-wise. Maybe there's a tweak. Oh, this word doesn't work here. This photo should be here. Uh, and then we'll, we'll gauge that over time. So um, if you don't mind my sharing, what's your target conversion rate you wish you hit every day on your, uh, on your, uh, your site? Ideally, we hit during Black Friday, we hit about a 4.5% conversion rate. That was unworldly and not realistic. But if I could get that every day, that would be the, we'd be a $10 million company next year. I have a uh, recommendation for you when we get off the phone. A good friend of mine regularly helps their clients hit, uh, hit 6% conversion rates every day, every day. Talk. Yeah, so I'll, I'll I'll send you over their direction. Um, but anyways, that's really awesome. Yeah. So last question for you is the Hero Challenge. It's pretty simple. Um, we do this on every show, and um, it's just a uh, it's basically this. Do you have someone in your life or in your network that you think has a cool story like yours? Who are they? First names are fine, and why do you think they should come share their story on the Hero Show? Yeah, uh, one of my really good friends, Sean Kelly. He is based in New Jersey. Met him on the internet, and now he's like one of our best friends. Uh, he was essentially an entrepreneur blowing up his company on Instagram. He owns a company called Jersey Champs. And what they do is he makes custom jerseys for influencers everywhere. And then he splits across like a, a percentage of the sales that he makes. So he's worked with like Mark <laughs> That's pretty genius. all these massive like rappers, big entertainment groups. But he's like the number one online company in making jerseys. And it's, it's a really cool hustle. He just got onto Forbes last week for made a million dollars like super cool kids so yeah that's awesome yeah cool so that basically brings us to the end of our interview so what i want to do real quick is first thank you so much for coming on the show chris it's been really cool hearing your story and hearing about crossnet where can people find you if they want to pick up a one of these nets and then second question is who are the, who is it ideal for who are the people that you think should absolutely pick up one of these nets and take them home and play with them yeah, check out CrossNet at CrossNetGame.com or you follow us on social media at CrossNetGame. Uh, perfect, honestly, for anybody who's looking, just have a good time on the beach, looking to be active. You don't need to be a professional volleyball player. I'm certainly not. None of our founders are. Uh, just looking to have a good time and enjoy the beach or enjoy the grass. Like, it works perfectly in a park. So if you're looking for a recreational activity to have fun and get away and you're an outdoor enthusiast, it's a perfect game. <laughs> awesome thank you so much for coming on to this show if you're watching the show and it sounds like um, that would be a good time for you definitely check out the crossnet thing even if it's just to watch their videos their videos are really really good you get an idea um, if you're an entrepreneur at someone who's really doing a really good job of their marketing definitely check out and watch what they're doing because obviously you know you guys have gone from zero to two million dollars in a couple of years that's everyone's dream 
right? So, um, you know, go through and watch what they're doing. Pick up, a, pick up one of their nets. Um, Chris, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners here on the show before we uh, hit the stop record button? Yeah, uh, just if you have a good idea, put into practice. Why not you? Um, we were we were nobody two years ago. I mean, we were just kids growing up in a small farm town, and now we have our product worldwide, and it's just still a crazy, rewarding feeling every single day that people want to talk and learn and are going and playing our game. So why not you? Awesome. Just give it a, yeah. give it a try. Absolutely. Just go out there and make it happen. So thank you so much again. Go ahead and we'll say goodbye to our audience here. Hit the stop record button. Have a good day.